Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. On this episode, you will find out what the heck the polyvagal theory is and how gene keys and amino acids are tied to your health. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Nicole. I'm so excited to have you on. I'd love for you to start by giving us a brief intro of who you are and what it is that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shivani. I am really honored that you asked me to come on today and talk about my work because I'm so passionate about it. I'm owner of a company called Gratitude Healing Arts, and it was my dream to start this company back in 2003, basically focusing on massage therapy in the beginning, and then really quickly venturing into more advanced work in visceral and neural mobilizations, craniosacral type work, work in the acupressure meridian system with the five elements, based on Toyohari assessments, which is manually assessing where chi flow is blocked or deficient or stagnant in areas, and then moving that along with non-insertion techniques, so non-needle-based acupressure work. And I also work with nutritional counseling and gene keys, how you found me. And I apply in all of my work, the polyvagal theory developed by Dr. Stephen Porges, who is an amazing man. And that theory has really informed my clinical practice so much. And I've seen some amazing shifts, creating resilience for people, helping people heal very quickly from traumas that they've been dealing with for a long time. But it's also very gentle work at the same time. So I bridge that theory. I use that to inform my practice to bring in also some traditional five element theory from ancient Asian medical traditions. And then I've modified those traditional five element theories to sort of bridge the gap between what we now know in modern medicine and how the body handles stress and moves through life in modern times with that ancient knowing of how we are part of our environment and our internal environment is just as important as the external. And they both manifest within each other in different ways. That's incredible. You do so much for the body. And yes, I did find you through my fascination with gene keys and amino acids. And I'll get to that in a minute. But you mentioned the polyvagal theory. And I know you have a book coming out about that as well. Can you just give me like a simple version of what the polyvagal theory is? Is it connected to the vagus nerve? Like, what is it in general? Yeah, my book is called The Tao of the Polyvagal Theory. I wrote it during my COVID year of not so much clinical practice. And during that year, I really took a step back and tuned into what I was actually doing in my practice with my clients, what I was feeling in their bodies and how I treated them. I have a lot of clients that are acupuncturists and they would always ask me, how do you do what you do? You're working in the meridian system. You're working in the organ system. Explain it to us how you're feeling these things. And I couldn't really express it very well because On a level, it was intuitive, but the intuition of it was very physically based. I mean, I was feeling these things. I was feeling the chi and the energy. And I was able to get enough time in my schedule to really take a step back and explore my work for any patterns that I saw. And I did a lot of reading, 
Um, I read up on some of the traditional five element philosophies, dove much more deeper into the polyvagal theory. And that book was a product of all of that time spent. And it really ended up being sort of the bridge between what I feel like is the bridge between Eastern and Western medicine and traditional ways of healing and modern knowing. So I'm really excited about it. Through that process, I noticed that the body manifests energies in certain ways. And I reference that into the stresses of our modern times and potentially even how we've evolved as a species physiologically. But definitely we've evolved with more stress than our species has ever had before. I mean, the amounts of stress and the magnitudes of stress that we're experiencing are so far above and just accelerating from what the human species has had in history of our existence. So the polyvagal theory that I was using, developed by Dr. Stephen Porges, it's used mostly in clinical applications for psychotherapy and clinical counseling, and also a lot with autism spectrum disorder. And basically, that lineage of the theory, it works mostly with identification of social behavioral issues and patterns as a function of how our nervous system developed from a very young age. It references the vagus nerve and how the craniofacial nerves connect into the autonomic nervous system processes and how that's a product of how we co-regulate with another human, a primary caregiver, early stages in life, and then how that manifests as we get older and the neural scaffolding that's built at a young age and how that helps us process. But another component of the vagus nerve that I use and what has informed my practice is the actual physical path that the vagus nerve follows and the physiology of the nerve being both afferent and efferent. So taking information from the body to the brain and from the brain to the body. So there's that emotional component involved where the emotions that we have that are generated in our limbic system get intermixed and referred through neural connections down into our body and can be stored in the organs and can affect our digestion, can affect our autonomic processes, such as the heart rate and the breathing. So I basically use that in my clinical practice in that way to see where there's dysfunction and where we can achieve balance and greater resilience through manual therapies. You spoke on the five elements previously, and that's part of your book as well. Are the five elements that you speak of the same as traditional Chinese medicine, or are you viewing it from a different viewpoint? Well, I try to take a really expansive viewpoint no matter what I'm looking at and just kind of back up and see all the different possibilities and ways to get from point A to point B, basically. And the traditional five element practice is involved with the elements wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. But there's been plenty of traditions in history that have been four element and been fire, earth, air, and water. So that component of air, that was really interesting to me as far as like how that came out of favor and metal was more in favor, I guess, in certain lineages. And then how the element of wood got entered in. And you know, if we look at just the external ecosystem, Wood is the living component. It's the living denominator of the five element theory. So, and the other four elements are just the environments that we are within, other elements that are part of our experience. So 
I really think that the air has a certain quality about it that is still really relevant to a lot of practice. And I have switched the traditional five element in Asian metal philosophy from metal to metal slash air because I believe that both of those components that traditionally had occupied the same space in four element theory should be incorporated into a five element theory as well because, like I said, they do offer certain characteristics independently one more than the other. And I think to exclude one of them allows for a lot that you're missing as far as treatment theory. So that's one change that I've made with that. And then I also modified the traditional concepts of the spirit affiliations that have been out of Asian medicine. That was a lot based on my experience and my knowledge with the polyvagal theory and how I saw trauma and energy manifesting within my clients' bodies. That's fascinating. And going back to the gene keys and amino acids of how I found your work, are you finding by viewing an individual's gene key chart and incorporating the certain amino acids that they need, that they're able to regulate their autonomic nervous system? Are you doing it based upon just the gene key chart or are you incorporating some of these other modalities that you also teach? Yeah, that's a really interesting concept as well. The gene keys is so interesting to me. I describe it to my clients almost like a horoscope, but different. And it's something that I reach for when I have a client that's really open-minded and on a path of healing, of spiritual healing as well. And it also is interestingly something that may appeal to certain people that horoscopes traditionally wouldn't. That horoscopes kind of have a connotation and some people don't resonate with that at all. Whereas if you show them something with a scientific component as well as sort of a life path, self-growth, soul healing component, that's a nice sort of ground for them. So I really love the gene piece for that. And I have found that it definitely has really interestingly to me been extremely helpful with helping sort of crack the code for certain really chronic imbalances that I've had experience with in my own body as well as my clients. And I say on my website, I had an incredible toxicity issue that I was dealing with in my mid-30s, right? When you get to your 30s and all of a sudden all of the exposures to environmental and emotional toxins you've had in your life have piled up so much to where it's sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I had a really significant acute environmental toxicity exposure that left me really wondering and all my doctors wondering what was going on with me. And it wasn't an allergy. I knew that it was a nutritional deficiency that I had because my body wasn't producing enough of a certain amino acid. And how I stumbled upon Gene Keys was just at my friend's house. He was really into Gene Keys. And I took a book off of this bookshelf and I said, hey, what's this? And he got really excited and started talking (laughs) to me about it. And I did my Gene Keys profile and I looked right into the center of the soul quotient. And it said the amino acid was L-serine. And with my research mind, I just started looking up L-serine, what could it be? And I had already known I was significantly deficient in B12 because of the toxicity. I knew that part of my issue. But then I found out that serine played a really big part in helping the body absorb B12. So I immediately started supplementing with it and it led to huge quality of life changes with me. And that really raised my eyebrows. I said, what is this? That's incredible just to hear your story. And I know I've been incorporating a certain amino acids after learning from you and learning about my own gene keys. And even with the short amount of time within like three days, I've been feeling so good. And I'm like, is this a placebo effect? 
whatever it is, I'm feeling good. It's like my body's way of telling me I'm deficient in my case of a branch chain amino acids. And then just looking back at my life and like my trajectory, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Right. So it's just, it's fascinating how everything just kind of connects. Yeah. And that's what I love about the amino acid supplementation in particular. You have to be very, very careful. Caveat on this. You have to be very, very careful about supplementing with amino acids because they are the building blocks of the proteins of your body, which is everything. They're neuroendocrine hormones, they're tissues, it's everything. So you definitely want to work with a qualified professional while you're doing supplementation. And a lot of it is a little bit trial and error. So you want to be really, really careful about supplementation as well. How dosage and things like that, frequency, and just do your research really before you start getting into it. Like I identified serine as a potential, just like you identified the branch chain aminos. And then you research that you say, what is the key that this could be to unlock my chronic health issue that I've been having? What are my symptoms? Where do they result from? And what does this amino acid do in particular that might play a role in these problems that I'm having? And sometimes I've found with my clients that there's like a right-hand, left-hand component to the amino acid and potentially not the amino acid that is listed within their gene key, but maybe potentially the other hand of the amino acid is what's needed. So you really have to work with somebody and or both do your own research to educate yourself on what your body needs. And I find if a client is willing to do their own research, also it's incredibly beneficial because we as providers only have a finite amount of time to deal with um, the, the very intricate details of this type of assistance with their clients. But also just cognitively, once a client understands how their body works better, energy shifts and energy changes. And cognitively, if you create an awareness of, oh my gosh, this might be something that is needed for me, that is in essence the placebo effect on a very physiological quantum basis. It's your body, your mind identifying that something is good for you in a certain way. And then your mind is able to make those processes work better and more fluidly inside itself because it's sort of shown the way. And it's connecting up those cognitive neurons with the more autonomic process neurons that is a function of like your body completely at every moment in time evaluating the internal and external environment. So just creating this very fine-tuned awareness that can really shift energies. And going back to the five elements, are they connected to certain organs? And how does that relate to health? Yeah, definitely. Well, traditionally, Chinese and Asian medical theory has connected the elements to certain organs. I've also actually identified through the gene keys a connection within the elements, the main markers or the soul quotient, the life's work and life's purpose. I associate those with a certain element, and then the elements I associate with certain organs. And my philosophy is based on what I feel in clinical practice in my clients. My philosophies on what organs are associated with what element is a little bit different than traditional Chinese medicine, medical theory. And some of them are actually, from what I understand, from what I've been told by some oriental medicine doctors that I know, some of my ideas are more in line with really ancient ideas of what organs are associated with the elements. So going back to those roots and sort of that validation and confirmation of what I'm feeling in my practice is really affirming for me. But yeah, the main organs, the main tissue bodies that are associated with the wood element are the liver gallbladder, 
with the fire elements are the triple warmer and small intestine. Also, there's a yin and yang for each element. So wood would be yin, liver, yang, gallbladder. I associate the fire element with yang, triple warmer, encompassing the tissues of the lesser omentum, the greater omentum, and the area around the clavicle and thoracic outlet, as well as other areas of brown adipose tissue in the body. So that's different depending on the person and depending on the age. It does atrophy with age, but brown adipose tissue is also located around the kidneys in most people. So that is an interesting correlation between fire and water. We'll get to that. Fire also has two other organs associated with it. The pericardium, I think of as a yang organ and the heart as a yin organ. Triple warmer, small intestine. Triple warmer is yang, small intestine, yin. Going to the earth element, Stomach is the yang organ and spleen pancreas is the yin organ. I find a lot of interesting correlation with the pancreas as also having a lot of metal air characteristics as well, which I am still sort of developing my theories on that, but it's a very deep in the body organ. It's very yin, but it's this nexus of neuroendocrine and exocrine sort of emotional, energetic body and physical body. So the pancreas is a really fascinating organ to me. And I just, I love thinking about it. I'm still in the process of developing some of my theories about the pancreas. And the metal air element, large intestine is yang and lung is yin. And the water element, bladder is yang and incorporating the bladder is also in the uterus, which is the yin organ. And the kidneys are yin. There's so much to this. And I know you mentioned prior that the wood element is kind of I guess, one of the main elements. And if somebody wanted to start learning about the five elements and health in relation to their health, would you tell them to start learning with the wood element first? Or do you recommend they kind of study everything all at once? Because it seems like there's so much information. It's even hard for me to grasp at times. There is so much information and it is really multifaceted. You have to just take a step back and look at the big picture, like the forest from the trees with it and just Take your time with it because to practice this work, it's a journey and you're just constantly learning new things. But I would recommend sticking with the wood element for first foray into getting to know your body for the main purpose of it being the liver, the yin organ of the wood element does so much. I mean, you really get to know your liver, the emotions of the liver, the physiology of the liver. The liver has such a big component in so many biological processes. And it's just very, very special. And to get to know that and to really feel it and identify with it is an interesting task, I think, for people that are interested in knowing a little bit more and increasing their interoception of how they are feeling their body. The liver processes everything we take in, herbs, supplements, food, any kind of micronutrients, macronutrients, everything gets filtered through the liver. So... It's a good place to start, that wood element. (laughs) I agree with you because there's so much information now about the gut and the brain connection and the vagus nerve, but really the liver to me has always been such a, not the most important organ, but it's up there. So this all makes sense to me, which is why I'm so fascinated with it because you're right, the liver filters out everything. It's gonna go there. And so if you have a problem, I'm not sure why traditional doctors don't look at that, right? I mean, we're trained in a certain way, but it's complicated. And to look at everything and to get to the root cause is so important. 
Yeah, well, I think that we're in a really interesting time sociologically with a lot of our different disciplines of higher learning where there is a benefit to specialization, of course. And now that we're specialized, we can take a step back and see all of those trees and we can put them all together. And I think that it's a really exciting time to be in medicine right now because bridges are happening between a lot of different schools of thought and theory that are advancing medicine and resilience and just physiological health in every way. It's super exciting. And one more thing about the liver is going back to the vagus nerve, most of the neural ganglion that refer information from the body, from the gut to the brain are located at that hepatic hilum. So they're located right in the center of the liver there. It's a real governing body for what the brain receives as far as any kind of visceral physical restrictions or chemical toxicities, anything like that. That's a great area of the body to focus in on and just really start to expand your knowledge. And the vagus nerve, if you look at a schematic of it, it looks like roots and the roots below the diaphragm really do look like roots. The nerve pathways below the diaphragm is just beautiful. And then going up through the thorax and into the brain, and it looks like a tree. It's really interesting how nature's done that. (laughs) And you also do different types of manual therapy. Do you incorporate that with the polyvagal theory or is that something separate that you do? Yeah, so my manual therapy training started with myofascial release, which is incredible work and applicable all over the body because the flash is connecting everything. But then I really dove into visceral manipulation and neural manipulation. I have studied extensively with the Burrell Institute and gathered up a great bit of knowledge also with the Chickley Institute, the Jean-Pierre Burrell and Bruno Chickley. And I am just so grateful for that body of knowledge that I gained and the awareness that I gained because it really helped inform my practice. So now when I work with the organs and the nerves, I have this big picture of the polyvagal theory to inform me. And it's just really expanded my horizons with my clinical practice and actually mobilizing the organs. Because if we have a visceral restriction somewhere, that is constantly giving us neural stimulation through the connections of referral from the body to the brain. And if there's this constant neural stimulation or irritation, it can cause inflammation in other areas of the body just because of how the neurons travel. It can cause inflammation in local areas. It's just really expansive. And since everything is connected by fascia, you might have a restriction in the pelvis that's relative to the thorax, or you might have a restriction in the dura and the cranium that's relative to the abdomen and creating pressure differentials in each of the body cavities. So really feeling as to where those visceral restrictions and neural restrictions are is really the key to releasing that and building resilience and helping the mind also cope with stress. Because if it's not being so bombarded by stimulation internally through our interoception, then it's able to be more resilient and to regulate better emotionally when we encounter the stresses of daily life. You do so much and such incredible work for so many. What is it that you love the most about what you do? I love the most treating really complex clients. And I love when I'm working with them and I'm feeling where there's restrictions in their body. And I get to tell them a story of a history of their internal 
patterns and restrictions that just make sense to them. To feel a restriction and then release it and then feel how it's tied to something else and release that and then say, potentially, could you have had this surgery that might have led to dysfunction in this area? And now you have a lot of lymph drainage problems because your liver's not working properly because there is this visceral restriction. And then they look at me and it just resonates with them and you can tell. And it's like, they feel so grateful for the fact that for once someone is able to tell them something that really feels true in their body, in their minds, and they can make sense of it. So it's just really amazing. It's reading the body like a storybook like that is just so fascinating to me. Where can people find more about you and your work and your book? I have a website. It's called gratitudehealingarts.com. So it's arts with an S at the end. And I just got a Twitter and that's gratitude, H-E arts. So gratitude hearts, because they only let you have 15 letters. (laughs) I just got a Twitter before this meeting. I got it for a different reason. I wanted to send a message to a colleague of mine. And I also have a Facebook page, Gratitude Healing Arts, and an Instagram, Gratitude Healing Arts. So I do a lot of artwork as well and channel drawings. I illustrated my book as well. So that book is also on my website. And I have a series of classes I'll be teaching online-based, but also doing in-person workshops. And the curriculum that I've developed is called Elemental Manual Meridian Techniques. And it's all about what we talked about today. The overlay is the book, Tao of the Polydagal Theory. And then each class is for each element. And it's how to work in the elemental system with the meridians, with the organs, with the divergent channels for a trauma-informed approach to care that directly addresses the polyvagal theory and clinical applications of the polyvagal theory. So I'm super excited about that because I've seen a lot of really drastic, amazing changes in my clients that have all happened really gently. So it's very non-re-traumatizing work, very profound work, and it can shift energy very quickly. Thank you. I'm so excited for you and all your accomplishments and even teaching me so many things that I didn't even know of. It's all so fascinating. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your knowledge today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced 360 podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.